Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, you have heard the words of our heart. On this day, we need words that will bring new life. Heavenly Father, you have new mercies for us. You have new blessings for us. And Lord, we need a new revelation this day. We've gathered in your presence, oh God, to give you praise, to give you honor, to give you thanksgiving, and to hear a word from you. And so speak, for your servant is listening. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. As we open up the word of God this day, we're going to start in Acts chapter 4. I promise this has probably been the longest sermon I've ever preached. It spanned over four weeks. I started it my first Sabbath here, and I think this will be the conclusion of the matter. Acts chapter 4. And I also want you all to know we have such a wonderful media team. They are providing free sharing DVDs at the close of service. Now, what kind of DVDs did I say? Sharing. Now, everybody stuck, stuck at free. But I want you all to hear the sharing part. Amen? So at the close of service, this sermon will be available for you to take and share it with somebody who may have missed it. Amen? Amen and amen. I'll be reading in your hearing from chapter 4 of Acts. And I'll begin at verse 24. It says, so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. That should sound familiar to somebody. Who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now, we are talking about prayer's partners. On last week, we talked about praise and how we are to, yes, offer up our petitions to God with thanksgiving. Amen? And now we've come to uh, the final portion of this prayer. As they began to pray, the Bible shows us that they prayed the word of God. They prayed the word of God. I want you all to know that there is power in the word of God. If you were to read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, it would tell you that every single thing 
was created by the word of God. Not just this world, but the Bible says the worlds were created by the word of God. So that means that every single thing you see and every single thing you want to see will be created by the word of God. Psalm chapter 148, verse 5. I like that. He, uh, the, the verse says, he commanded and you were created. He said, he just commanded that thing and then you appeared. Uh, another place in Psalms it says, for he spake and it stood fast. He commanded and it was. And then one of my favorite verses is found in 2 Peter 1 verses 3 and 4. This is a good one. You're going to want to turn here. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So God has given us what? All things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So the Bible tells us that every single thing we need, not just for church. That's what the Bible says. It doesn't just say for godliness. It doesn't just say for church. It doesn't just say for spiritual things. The Bible says everything we need for life and for godliness, God has given to us through his precious, exceedingly great, promises. So God's word has every single thing we need. Amen? Everything we see came by the word. And then the Bible says that anything you may need is already provided by the word. And so his word is sure. Number says, uh, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Have I said it and shall I not do it? Have I spoken it and shall it not come to pass? God said, if I said it, it will be done. There is power in the word of God. So now, because many of us know that there's power in the word of God, and the Bible says we're supposed to have this power in our lives, but somehow there's a disconnect between the power in the word and the power in our lives. I mean, we hear all these precious promises, but we don't always see them take place in our life. Am I right or wrong? And so we need to listen up to figure out how do we get this exceedingly great thing into our lives? Because God wants to provide this for you. It doesn't make sense. You all remember Hurricane Katrina and all kind of people were homeless, and then they had all of these trailers and all this food parked somewhere. It doesn't make sense to have all these precious promises of aid, 
all these precious promises of assistance, but it can't get to the people. Do you all understand what I'm saying? And so we need to get the power that is in the word. One way we do this is we lend our power of agreement to God's word. Now, a couple weeks ago, we talked about what happened when we lend our power of agreement to the crazy stuff the devil tries to put in our head. But we can use our power of agreement to help bring to pass the things that God has said should come to pass. You do understand that God has given us dominion, amen? At the very beginning of the Bible, when Adam and Eve were on the earth, he said, I've given you dominion. Now, they decided to give their dominion to the devil. And so the devil been walking around like he's running things, but he's not. Because once again, a man through God, Jesus Christ, amen, came and snatched the keys of hell, death, and the grave, came to, to put down sin and destroy all the works of the devil. And so now we have this new responsibility, this new power that God has given us. And we have to put in our mouths, because you all know that we have power in our mouths. James says, our mouths set on fire the course of nature. That's why you got to be careful what you say. So don't let me hear you ever call any child in here bad, stupid, fat, crazy, ugly. Do you all hear what I'm saying? Because the Bible says you set the course of nature with your tongue. And see, sometimes we say these things over our kids, and then we don't understand why they turn out the way they did. Maybe we spoke that over them. You all understand what I'm saying? And so we need to put God's words in our mouth. Do you all understand that when we put God's words in our mouth, Jesus said, my words are spirit and are life. And so now we get the opportunity to speak life over people. We get to speak life into them and into our situations. And Jesus says through his word in Isaiah, he says, put me in remembrance. And so God has given these different uh, promises, and he said all of this kind of stuff, but we need to put him in remembrance. David often said, remember me, O God. Remember what you said to your servant. And so sometimes when we are in situations and it doesn't seem like it's going the way the Bible said it should go, then we need to put somebody in remembrance. We need to say, God, you said, I'm not making this up. I'm just putting you in remembrance as you asked me to do. But now when we remind God, we also remind ourselves. Because one, we're reminding if God already said this, then this is not catching God by surprise. So whatever you are going through, God is not surprised by it. He doesn't need to hold a cabinet meeting to figure out, oh, what we're going to do because trouble has come into so-and-so's life. God isn't caught by surprise. The next thing, he already has a policy for this. He already told you what he would do in the case of sickness. 
He already told you what he would do in the case of lack. He already told you what he would do. But he, when we remind God, we also remind ourselves of the whole story. Because we like to pick little pieces, little bits and pieces. And we say, oh, God, you said that you are the God who heals. So I don't understand why I'm sick like this. But when we find that verse and put him in remembrance, then we get the whole story where he said that if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, if you obey what I have asked you to do, if you follow my commands and keep my statutes, then none of these diseases that I put on the Egyptians will I put on to you because I am the God who heals. So when we are coming, God, you said that you would open up the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing. But we got to remember the whole verse. I mean, he said, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there would be meat in my house and prove me now here in this if I will not open up the windows of heaven. Because, see, sometimes when we put God in remembrance, it helps to refresh our memory, too. You understand what I'm saying? The Bible says, call unto me, and I will show you great and marvelous things which you have not seen yet. And so then we pray it over our family. As priests over our family, we're praying to God to do something in our homes and for our children and for our wife. And it seems like God is not hearing and we're trying to put him in remembrance. And then he puts us in remembrance of 1 Peter 3, 7 that, that says, Husbands, deal with your wives with understanding. Deal with your wives with love so that your prayers be not hindered. Because, see, sometimes we want to put God in remembrance a part of the stuff. And then uh, when we enter into this activity, it puts us in remembrance. Amen. See, you got to be careful with the word of God because it'll cut you. The Bible says it's like a sword, uh, 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 sharper than any two-edged sword. The Bible calls it the sword of the spirit. And so sometimes you might get cut. But see, the, the difference is uh, you, it's a cut that'll heal you. There's a difference between being stabbed and going into surgery. Now, you're going to get cut either way. But one of those ways, you're going to come out a little better at the end than you did with the other. Do you all understand what I'm saying? And so sometimes the Bible begins to do spiritual surgery on us and cuts away some stuff that doesn't need to be there. And so God gives us this word, and he says, put me in remembrance of my word. So what do we need to do? So glad you asked. Romans chapter 10. This is where we're going. That was the preamble. You needed that to get this. Romans chapter 10. And I'm going to start in verse 8. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. 
that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so here we have two tasks. We must confess and believe. Did you all get that? Confess and believe. A lot of times we believe the promises and we believe that God is going to do what he said he was going to do, but we never confess it with our mouth. We don't want to tell nobody. I mean, we kind of believe. We believe in God for healing. But then when somebody asks you, be like, oh, I don't know. The doctor said this. The doctor said that. You never confess with your mouth what you're believing God for. You, you know, for whatever reason. But the Bible says in verse chapter, um, in verse 10, it says, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made into salvation. And that word salvation is the same word for deliverance. It's the same word for healing. It means all of those things. So when you confess it, it is transformed. It is made into salvation. It is made into healing. It is made into that power that we want to experience in our lives. But we've got to do two things. We've got to believe. That's the faith element. And we've got to confess. That means have God's word in our mouths. It's not just enough to believe. It's not just enough to believe. The Bible says that the, de the demons believe and tremble. Isn't that, what, isn't that what James said? But watch this. I turn to 1 John chapter 4. So the, the demons believe. They even tremble. But they're missing the power of God. Because they're what? They're missing confession. The Bible tells us, 1 John chapter 4, verse 2, by this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that what? Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Now, so a demon might believe it, but he will not confess it. And now this is, this is one of the rules that I use when I listen to spiritual teachers. The ones who can't confess that Jesus is Lord, the ones who say, oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus. He's a good teacher. I believe he's an example. Mm -mm. The Bible says test them spirits. And you've got to see if they declare that Jesus has come down in the flesh to save us from our sins and rose and is at the right hand of the Father. You can't just take, I mean, you know, like, like the, the demons believe in, and they can say a little bit of something. But the Bible said, the next verse, it says, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. And don't think only other churches have false prophets. Amen. So you have to be on your lookout everywhere. Do you all understand what I'm saying? If they speak not according to the law and the prophets, 
There's no light in them. You have got to test the spirits. And so there, need, and there needs to be in your life two things. You have got to be able to confess the word of God, not just believe the word of God. You've got to speak that thing. You've got to be able to declare that thing. And the only way you're going to be able to declare is you've got to know that thing. And the church said, amen. You have got to get that word deep down in your heart. Because what is confession? It is simply to say the same thing. Literally, the, the, the word confession, it is homo logeo. Homo, that means the same. Logeo, that means word. So you're saying the same words as. Now, you can't just confess and not believe. You got to have both. And see, uh, so when you say like with sin, you know, if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you, right? And so confession is to say the same thing about sin. Because see, a lot of times we get caught, and a lot of times we sorry, but we don't feel the same way about our sin that God feels about it. A lot of times we may, you know, stop doing it, but it ain't because we wanted to, and it ain't because we really thought anything was wrong. Some of y'all be singing that song from R. Kelly, I don't see nothing wrong. And so you get into trouble, and you may go to God and be like, oh, Lord, forgive me, I know I messed up, but that could just be because the money is gone. And, 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 and you need to to somehow figure out how to work this mortgage thing out. Or, or, or you got caught, and your stuff is about to be in the streets. But you didn't really think it was anything wrong. And if given the opportunity where nobody knows you, you might do it again. That's not confession. That's not saying the same thing. That is not agreeing with God. You have got to agree that, you know what, this thing that I'm doing right here, that's a hot mess, and I need to quit. I need to cease and desist. Father, I stretch my hands out to thee. I need you to intervene and help me to stop doing this because I may want to, but I know it is a mess, and I don't want to continue in this mess. And so you have to begin, because a lot of times we don't even see what we're doing as wrong. But that's why we thank God for the Holy Spirit. He convicts of sin. He leads us and changes us. Amen. Some of us, we be at work and, and, and taking stuff from the job and, and don't see nothing wrong with it. All, all the, they taking my sanity. This is the least I could get. They, 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 you know, they taking all that money out of my check for taxes. This is the least I can get. And we don't see anything wrong. But we have got to come in agreement with what God says about it. Amen? And so when you have a problem, the same thing applies. So when you are sick and you want to believe God for healing, you have got to believe that God is indeed a healer. And not just sometimes and that he only sprinkles a little healing, you know, one healing per church once a year, and then that's it. You, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, we would never say that. We would never print that as a doctrine. But deep down in our hearts, we, we really kind of believe that, you know, 
if one person get healed out the whole church, we just like, oh, thank you, Jesus. You listened to us this one time. But that's not the kind of God that we serve. We serve a God who has healing in his wings. We serve a God. David said, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, forget not all his benefits. Who heals how many diseases? All our diseases. Now, either David's a lie and the Bible's a lie or we a lie. And a lot of times we choose not to believe God and we decide we'll just believe our experience. Because I prayed and I didn't get healed, so somebody must be lying. But I just want you to know it ain't God. God is not a liar. He is not a man that he should lie. And so we have got to believe what the word says. But we have got to agree with what God has said. And he said in his word that in Psalm 107 verse 20, he said he sends his word and heals our diseases. He said he sends his word and delivers us from our destruction. Now we've got to choose whether we're going to believe it or not. But remember, it's not just enough to believe it. Then you've got to confess it. So how you doing? What did the doctor say? Well, let me tell you what Jesus said. He said that he is sending his word and healing me of all my diseases. He said that by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. He said that he's got healing in his wings. He said the prayer of the faith will save the sick. If their sins, they'll be forgiven and the Lord will raise him up. You have got to agree with what Jesus has said. So that's why uh, when Jesus would interact with people, he would make them say something. What do you want me to do for you? They would have to say, Lord, that I will receive my sight. Or Lord this, or Lord that. And if somebody snuck up on him and snatched the blessing from the hem of his garment, then he stopped everything. No, somebody needs to confess. They had the faith. But now I got to give her an opportunity to confess it. And so then she had to confess what God had done for her. Faith and confession. Yes, we've got to believe, but we've also got to confess with our mouth. So when, 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 when Jesus met Mary and Martha and, and Martha had an attitude about Lazarus being dead, he said, your brother will rise again. Do you believe this? He was trying to give her an opportunity to, one, believe and then confess it. And so she says, yes, Lord, I believe in the resurrection at the, the last day or whatever. And then the conversation seemed to be over. Okay, go get your sister. Because sometimes our confessions, the things we say with our mouth, can hinder the things we experience in our life. The Bible said death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. And a lot of us, we think we're going through drama, we're just eating the fruit of our mouths. And if we could get our mouths under control, our lives could be under control. In the name of Jesus. My mama used to tell me, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, Either way, you're right. And I believe that in life, but I also believe that with God. Because God has no want for power. But you notice that 
when he went certain places and they didn't believe he could? He didn't. It said, and, and he went to Nazareth, and he did not work many miracles here because of the unbelief. Whether you think he can or whether you think he can't, either way, you're going to be right. And so it is what do you believe in your heart, and what do you confess with your mouth? And so instead of talking about, um, you know, your unsaved children, then you begin to confess the word of God on them. 2 Timothy 2.4 says that you are, that all should come into the knowledge of truth and that you desire that all should be saved. 2 Peter 3.9 says you are not slack concerning promises, but not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. You began a good work in my child, and you're going to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And that's all I have to say about that. Begin speaking God's word over your situation. Yeah, the police will tell you a different story. Yeah, the teachers will tell you a different story. Yeah, the credit report will tell you a different story. But who are you going to believe? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so we have got to believe what God has said and agree with him. Amen? Amen. Now, do you all know what this is? Somebody said it's a perm, a relaxer. So are anybody familiar with? Oh, okay, okay. I got a whole bunch of these around my house. I didn't know what to do with them. So I just decided I'd use this sermon illustration. So if you've ever done this before, you know that there's power in this relaxer right here. And if you, if you watch good hair, you realize that these chemicals could literally eat through a Coke bottle. So not only will it eat through your kink and your curls, it'll eat through a whole aluminum bottle. There's power in the perm. Now the thing about it is, if I just put this on my hair, Nothing's going to happen because you need this thing right here. Terry know where I'm going. You need the activator. And you've got to put the activator in here or ain't nothing happening. And see, a lot of times we have one without the other, and we don't see anything going on. Turn with me. Turn. I'm, I'm going somewhere. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 2, because, see, we need some activators uh, in our lives. Because God's word is full of power. It has power to change. It has power to heal. It has power to deliver. And if we don't see something taking place in our lives, this may be why. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. It says, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So this great word can do little in your life unless
apply the activator of faith. That's why you've got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. You have got to have both, and then you will begin to see the power of God unleashed in your life. Now, see, some of us have the word, but we don't have faith. I'm so glad that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God has this thing so wired that if you get into the word a little bit, that faith will begin growing in you so that you will have at least a little bit. Jesus says he's the author and finisher of our faith. And so he'll give you a little bit to work with. He, he, he won't have your life all, all kinked up. He, he wants, he wants, he wants some relaxer. He, 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 want, he said, come unto me, all you who are weary, all you who are heavy laden. I will give you rest. And so he wants that for our lives. But we've got to apply both. We've got to have both. God's word has power. And we can have power when we have faith. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so we must mix faith with the promises of God. We must mix faith with the word of God. And when we do, we will begin to see wonderful, exceedingly abundant things begin to take place in our lives. Because God's word is powerful. It is out of this word. God's word cannot be opposed or overcome. It cannot be delayed or denied. It cannot be repealed or nullified. It can't be annulled or abolished. It can't be revoked or repealed. It can't be voided or vetoed because the word of our God is steadfast and sure. It's firm and forever. It's all powerful. It's authoritative. It's healing and helping. It's life giving and living. It's effectual and efficacious. It's sovereign and supreme. It's mighty and majestic. It's moving and unmovable. The God that we serve and the word that he gives us is all that we need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said man should not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God as the musicians begin to play. God is calling us to pray the word of God. When we read that prayer that the church prayed in Acts, it was for me, they were reading straight from the Ten Commandments. Then they started reading from Psalm chapter 2. They were praying the word of God. So when I get in, into trouble, when, I, when my mind is messing up, he will keep me in perfect peace because my mind is saved on. 
Let this mind be in me that is also in Christ Jesus. Lord, I say with Paul, I have the mind of Christ. When sickness tries to pervade my body, I just begin by his stripes, I am healed. When lack tries to rear its ugly head, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in one. My God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I even pray Deuteronomy 28 verse 8 where the Bible says the Lord will command blessings to be on my storehouse and on everything I put my hands to. Now when I pray, when I put him in remembrance of that, he puts me in remembrance that if you diligently take heed of my word, if you diligently keep my statutes and obey, then these things will be unleashed in your life. God's calling us to get in his word so that the word can get in us and then we can begin to confess it. We can begin to declare and decree it. God has given us power in our tongues, so we've got to use it. We've got to. So this is just a, so a visitor came to my church, and that evening, their wife had a stroke. So they called me the next morning. They Never been there, didn't know me. Saw my name on the back of the bulletin and called. My wife is have had a stroke. She's doing very bad. He was a mess. I said, I'm on my way. While I'm in the parking lot, she calls. And as by the time I get there, they tell him, um, you know, she'll be a vegetable. And they kept asking him about the DNR. Did she ever say, I don't want to be a vegetable. Do not resuscitate me. And they kept pressing him. And I, and I said, no, this is not the end. She will not be a vegetable. She will be okay. She'll have, but she'll never walk again. She'll never, and every time they would say something, I would begin to speak life. She will walk again. She will hear again. She will not die, she will live and declare the praises of the Lord. And so, you know, that really messes up somebody. They try to figure out, do I listen to the pastor I just met yesterday or the doctor who went to medical school? And going back and forth. And so I, they, I think the doctor said, go get me another chaplain so they can dismiss this pastor. So they brought the chaplain in to come talk some sense into the family. I said, you all choose who you're going to believe. Not even me, but this is what God has said. And if you believe what God has said, now if God didn't say that, then don't be in there telling folk that. Amen. But God said it this time. And so we began speaking life. I began praying and praying, and eventually, three days later, I mean, she was supposed to be paralyzed for the rest of her life. Three days later, he was tickling her foot, and she jumped. 
she began talking a few days later. She walked in my church and gave a testimony. When you begin to align your situation with the word of God, I mean, sometimes the facts will mess you up, but you better believe the truth. God will do it. There's some situations, that's why you all have to come to prayer meeting. We're going to talk about this a little more, and we're going to do some exercise. And I am sure that you are going to experience God's power this Wednesday night. I know i got to let y'all go. That's why I, I save everything else for Wednesday night. So be here. But God is calling you to decide right now. You guys have some situations in your mind, and you're wondering, why hasn't God come through? And you are deciding now, I'm going to believe in my heart, and I'm going to confess with my mouth. You all have your sheets in your bulletin, the next steps. Some of you need to go through them right now. This is the time to fill them out and figure out what decision you are going to make. And I hope a, a lot of you choose reflect. Where you go and you find those verses and you begin to pray them this week. If it's over your health, if it's over your children, if it's over your church, if it's over your family, if it's over your schooling, whatever it is, you need to lay the word of God on it. Put God's words in your mouth. Some of you need to get the word in you. Maybe you need to memorize some scriptures. Then you would check that one. Maybe you want to read how wonderful God's word is. Psalm 119 is a beautiful psalm about the power of the word of God. Perhaps you don't have a church home and you want this to be your church home. Then you turn that thing over and it says becoming a member of Imani. You want more information. Perhaps you want more information about Bible study, baptism. You want to learn more about this great God who loves us so much that he gave his only son to save us. And then he opened up the portals of heaven, all of the riches and power and peace and joy he has given to us without limit. You want to learn more about this great God? We'd love to tell you. Go ahead and check that box. And as we close and leave this place, we're going to be collecting these. But I just need to know how many people in here are going to make a commitment that that situation that's really weighing on your head, that you're going to change the way you're dealing with it. And you're now going to begin believing in your heart what God has said, but also confessing with your mouth. That is your commitment. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet. you in this place and we thank you for speaking to us oh God we thank you for the power 
that is in your word. And we thank you that you allow that power to be in our lives. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, you said that if we abide in you and your word abides in us, we can ask anything and you would give it to us. Heavenly Father, get us in the word and get the word in us. We are standing because we believe you, God. In this situation that's been weighing on our hearts and minds and trying to snatch our peace, we're going to stop believing everybody else. And we want to believe you, God. But not only do we want to believe in our hearts, but we're going to start confessing with our mouths. We're changing the way we're talking about our job situations. We're changing the way we're talking about our kids. We're changing the way we're talking about our health. We're changing the way that we talk about whatever is going on in our lives. We're going to talk faith. We're going to believe faith. We're going to confess faith. We're going to declare and decree the word of God to be unleashed in our lives. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we receive this prayer as done with high praise. We thank you and we bless you for answering it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.